0: favorite board game it's okay it's not actually my favorite I've never played it I've heard good things we're also live by the way Nathan oh are we live whoops yeah we're live uh hey Hello,
1: and welcome to an all-new episode of Press YYZ. We're the only Canadian gaming podcast that you can catch live on Twitch every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, as well as podcast services um, and YouTube every Thursday. My name is Nathan. Hey, how are you guys doing tonight? I'm joined by The Odd Couple. AJ? AJ, how are you doing? Hanging in there. How about you? You know, uh, spent a lot of money recently. Don't but- do that. It is what it is. New windows, new
0: computer for my kid, a trip to Vancouver. It's not great. Okay. Um, Cozy, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing okay. You know, at the very beginning of this podcast, we had a super quick, like, 10-second discussion about Settlers of Catan, the board game. Which uh, everybody that tuned in live to watch this episode missed out on, maybe we should start a patreon and charge people to hear that ten second discussion of settlers of Catan, yeah, and we'll we'll release only the ten second that ten seconds
2: for the highest paid tier,
1: yeah, Nathan? That, well, that that that's something we could do. Let's uh, take that under consideration also. Let's do some post-belated
0: birthdays. The way I see it, all three of us agree on it. That means even if Mitch and uh, Alex say no, majority rules.
2: Mm, We'll see. It's science. Um, Okay, so
1: let's give some post-belated birthday greetings to both Cozy and Mitch, who celebrated their birthdays over the past uh, few days. Cozy, happy birthday. Belated happy birthday.
2: Happy belated birthday.
0: Thank you um, very much. I got some real cool Comedy Button t-shirts for my birthday. Mm-hmm. My parents really stepped up and delivered. I had mentioned it uh, to them in an email that if they could get me some shirts from the Comedy Button store, it would be real nice. Uh, and I totally forgot about it. And lo and behold, they pulled through. So shout out to them, Mr. and Mrs. Kuzina. Uh They're a real cool people.
1: Amazing um and then also uh mitch who cannot be here tonight uh celebrated his birthday over the weekend so happy th- happy 30th birthday mitch we hope you had a great one playing pokemon yeah.
2: arceus or legends arceus did i say that right is legends arceus so i, I yes. think it. so people keep saying oh it's supposed to be arceus i i disagree because the kat, the katakana for that name is arceus and it's a Japanese game, so it should probably be Arceus, despite some people, even high up Nintendo folk, saying otherwise.
0: Yeah, but I mean, th- there are a lot of, like, Japanese words that are, like, written phonetically in a way that would make sense in English, but are pronounced very differently there. And nobody goes around saying, oh man, you should pronounce it exactly the same way that they pronounce it. Well, that that's the thing though but
2: i i kind of feel like when it comes to a a word that was created with japanese in mind you could you that's the least we can do to try and get a little little close
0: to it and instead <clears throat> of just letting it slur out of our mouths yeah uh, unfortunately i mean it doesn't help that like literally the game itself in its like promotional material, like has vacillated between Arceus and Arceus. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Uh, this is, I feel like we've had this discussion about the pronunciation of this obscure Pokemon's name, like on every single episode of the show.
2: I don't think we've had that discussion, but
1: yeah, I feel like it's happened. I just don't know when, maybe when more, when it first was announced and we were trying to get around that um i don't know okay so let's uh jump in um before we get there though uh sorry i'm all out of order here um just before we get started a reminder as always that we here at press yyz yyz stand against discrimination of any kind and while we appreciate however you choose to give back to our show there's no better way to support us than being excellent to each other um this is uh, black history month so please uh Take a bit of time and check out some of the awesome uh, content creators uh, that are POC. Um, There's a lot of great uh, ones out there. Uh, And check out um, Khalif Adams uh, Spawnies. It's the Spawnies. Am I saying that correct? Yes. Yes. I watched them. They were very good. Uh, Check it out. I think there's a lot of good content there. So just want to give them a quick shout out. Okay. Um, Yeah. So let's get started here. So we got a few things uh, housekeeping wise. Um, so this week we are reviewing, nobody saves the world. So we all played it. We've got our thoughts. Uh, we played it for varying amounts. So we're going to have that. That being said, next week, uh, we're going to do a very short, um, turnaround. So next week we'll be coming back with some thoughts on Windjammers too, because it's not a huge game and we're either, it'll either probably connect with us or not connect with us. So we'll just be doing that, uh, next week. So, uh, that. That being said, Cozy's gonna stream on Monday, and he's looking to stream Windjammers too. Now it's a two-player co-op. I don't think it would do more
0: than two. Does the support for it? AJ? The, You're one. the one who suggested so, Windjammers.
2: Yeah, so Windjammers.
0: How many people? It's a, it's can play a little online?
2: weird. It, the, yeah, the the online stuff is a little weird. So I I tried to play online with a with a couple of friends, and there's there isn't at least when i played it first like a week or two ago yep um there was no like proper like multiplayer lobby where like oh you know the the person waiting fights the the winner of the the last match or something like that um it was just uh you you uh challenge a friend uh to to a a windjammers battle um and you know that that's fine and dandy. You know we got Discord and stuff for people to wait and hang out. It just you know it's a little cumbersome in that way. Okay. But the core of the, the core of the game itself is actually fairly solid and super cool. And if you like fighting games, it's very reminiscent of that. Except it's like a competitive uh, sport-like game. Okay. It's super super cool. All right, well, so
1: Cozy's going to be streaming on Monday. If you do want to try and play with Cozy online, hit him up with a message. Uh, check his uh, – just send him a DM on Twitter or message him on Twitter. I'm sure you'll put a post up on Twitter saying that you're looking for people to play with you. Correct, Cozy? Hell yeah. Yeah. So just reply to that or DM Cozy. He'd love to play with you um, and get a, his hands on Windjammers too. Uh, I'm going to have to play it over the weekend because I don't think I'll have – oh. I might bring my Xbox to Windsor so it'll be fine anyway so <laughs> that's our homework um our second 12 hour stream will be happening later this month that we're still figuring it out so please be on a hold we're sorry that it's taken so long we know we promised it for December December was really busy and getting our schedules together has proven to be more difficult than we initially thought it was um yep. so I wish we hadn't put such a close date on it in December initially uh, but we will have this, uh, stream and if it, it goes into late February or early March, um, it will be worth the wait. So please be excited.
2: Pro, Finally, pro tip, pro oh, tip. Yep. Don't make a, don't make a secondary long, really long live stream stream as a stretch goal. Pro
1: yes. Tip. Um, especially cause I think we just consider doing it again anyways, cause we enjoyed if. doing it and raise money for the yeah. kids.
0: If ever we do like another 12 hour live stream independent of this one that's coming up and we have to make it a stretch goal that we do another 12 hour live stream, we're just going to do the thing where it's like, all right, once uh, we reach ending time for this live stream, we're just going to leave the cameras on for another 12 hours. We don't have to be on them. We're not going to necessarily do anything. If one of us decides to come into frame and play, I don't know, Zelda for 20 minutes, you get that, but we're not promising anything more.
1: Um, that's not how that will work. Just don't be worried. Please don't be worried. Um, but we will have an appropriate, uh, 12 hour stream for you guys. So thank you for being patient. We really do appreciate that. Finally. So I had announced, um, that I'd be starting Lego dimensions this week. I'm not ready to start Lego dimensions. I'm going to be working, working with cozy on a custom layout. Cause I want to do something special for it when we start playing and have, um, let me just put, put it out there. I just want to have a special layout ready for Lego dimensions, Um, because it's not just about the game it's about the toys and i want to make sure that we can show off the toys in the lego building so i'm going to hopefully be working with cozy on that this weekend so that being said not ready to
0: start lego dimensions
1: that you could
0: say you could say that you're trying to bring the toys to life Ooh, i am trying to bring that that's pretty
1: good Uh, so i am trying to bring the toys to life so be on the lookout for that. Hopefully we'll be starting next Thursday if Cozy and I can figure out um, a good setup on when on over the weekend. Uh, that being said, I played through the entire Mortal Kombat um, twelve story mode or eleven story mode, which we're gonna talk about uh, when we get to what you've been playing, but you don't see a single fatality during the story mode. What? Because if you kill people hmm. with fatalities, it does not make sense for the story anymore because some ends of those people. Story. Yeah, people need to continue to be reappearing in the story. Uh, Just because you fight somebody does not mean their story is over. So I thought that we'd have a fun Rank the Fatalities where I'm going to go through each character's fatalities and friendships um, and kind of give them a rating. And I don't know how I'm going to rate them yet. Um, This is inspired, to be clear, I'm not ripping off Maximilian Dude, but it's inspired by Maximilian Dude. I've seen him rate um, other finishing moves and super moves from games before um so i need a suggestion for scale what type of scale would you like to see in that manner um and if you want to jump in and uh, join us i'd love to see your ratings on them as we go through them as well so uh that's what we're looking at for tomorrow night and then hopefully we'll be starting lego dimensions as a complete unique turn because um i can you think of anything further apart from going from mortal Kombat from one week to lego dimensions the next Hmm. They're very diametrically opposed. I yes mean, I guess.
0: No. Yeah. I mean, I, I suppose you know we could be like Edge Lordy and be like, "Oh man, manhunt," or like name any other manner of ultra-violent games that come to mind. Um, but yeah, I mean, yes and no. I, I oh. agree with AJ. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. All
1: right. So that's being said, let's jump in. Uh, do you want to start with what we've been playing or just go right into Nobody Saves the World? Where do we want to start? Let's let's talk about Pokemon. Okay. I want to talk sure. about Pokemon. So there's a Pokemon game and it came out and it's Pokemon Legends Ar- Arceus. I think I said, got it right.
0: Um, we have to we have to stick with one. At the end of the day, we just have to make a decision and be like, this is the one we're sticking with, regardless of whether it's right or wrong. You know what I mean? You make a decision that's good for you, I'll make the decision that's good for me.
2: How about that?
1: (laughs) Um, So that being said, we've got... uh, So let's talk about Pokemon Legends Arceus. Tell me why I should play it. Because I played Sword and Shield, and I've played Blue. What's going to interest me and get Nathan into
2: Arceus? There's Dodge Rolls
0: okay that's right
2: um now okay so going into it now listen this 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 might offend you a little bit but the impression are you hold on are you uh, saying
0: that towards me or towards nathan sorry
2: towards nathan okay okay he was the one who asked the question um so listen Breath of the Wild is a really good game and was very innovative. And in general, um, a lot of comparisons with this game to the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Um, it does not go as far as that. It's probably obviously. good. Yeah, agreed. Um, but there are definitely some. There's definitely a lot of inspiration from it. Uh, in this um that being said it's still very much a Pokemon game um, which if you've enjoyed one of those in the past mm-hmm. you will most likely enjoy this but what what they've done is they've essentially made made it more of a 3d adventure where you're wandering around the wilderness and these wild Pokemon <coughs> can just randomly decide, uh, to attack you because you got too close. And I, mm-hmm. by attack you, I mean, don't mean challenge you to a Pokemon battle. I mean, they will attack you with, like, their Hyper Beam, or they will charge at you or something to try and get you away from them. Wh- through through which you can dodge roll out of the way, or you can try to defend yourself by throwing other items at them, like uh, smoke bombs or something like that to try and, you know get them to lose sight of you. Um, or you can throw a uh, a Pokeball of a Pokemon that you just have inside and challenge it to a battle and battle them that way. But you could theoretically just catch a Pokemon that is just out in the wild just by you hiding in the tall grass instead of the other way around.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah. L- l- let me ask you a question, Nathan. Okay. okay. Of the Pokemon games that you played, what would you say was your favorite aspect of it? Did you like the kind of got to collect them all aspect of the series? Did you like the battling of the series? Was there some like third factor that you found yourself getting really addicted to?
1: You know, that's a tough thing to think about. Um, it's been many years since I played Blue and I think I like Blue because there's just like a novel RPG at the time um, yeah. and was in line with what I played. Um, I will say I played Sword and Shield and kind of beat the story then never picked it up again, ever. So hmm. while it was good enough to get through, it never really, like, and I think when you come from something like Persona 5, for instance, which has a very fun, like, but very quick base turn-based turn battle system. And let's be honest, the Persona is kind of like adult Pokemon, demon Pokemon. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, i mean it, and it also technically came before pokemon I- yeah. if you want to you know go through the legacy of shin megami tensei and whatnot
1: yep no that's 100 for uh, fair the first uh, shin megami tensei was on the nes so
0: um but and i mean even if you want to go even further back when it was just megami tensei like it was on like japanese pcs and whatnot
2: mm-hmm.
1: hmm. so it, it does have lineage longer than that um I think what always got to me, like, I think I just never, it just felt too slow. I think in the long run, I think what I liked about it was just the progression of it. If that makes sense, Mm -hmm. like progressing through and beating the gym leaders and getting through the story. But once the story was done, I never felt the need to go back and collect them all. And like, let's be honest, I've got some real completionist tendencies. If I like a game, um, as
0: we're going to talk about soon, um, Uh, I know I just asked you a question, but I need to ask one more question before I can get into my hot take on this game. Okay. Did you play much of Pokemon Go? Uh, A little bit, but not much. Didn't really grab you all that much? No, I think at
1: the time too, I was working a lot. My kid wanted to play it, but it was something where our subdivision, when I took him out, never had many Pokemon around it. So mm. I literally had to drive other places to get better Pokemon. Right. Which just
0: yeah. like kind of kills the point, right? Yeah,
2: it's, um, it, so yeah. Pokemon Go is best played in cities for sure. Yeah. Um, so
1: and we're right on the outskirts. It was like a 25 minute or a 20 minute drive downtown and then I'd have to pay for parking. So
0: mm. anyway, sorry. Go ahead, Cozy so here's what I've been building up to. And this is something I've had a lot of like the building blocks of this take kind of mingling around in my head over the course of the past few days. But I feel like things have only really crystallized here on this podcast within the past couple of minutes. Pokemon legends Arceus is basically Pokemon go remade into a, much more kind of hardcore and feature-complete experience. I think a lot it's, of people are regarding this as, oh, it's the mainline Pokemon games by way of Breath of the Wild, but really, like, this game is, I would say, much more Pokemon Go by way of Breath of the Wild, because it's if, overwhelmingly... It's if, go ahead.
2: Yeah. It's, it's if Pokemon Go was a video game-ass video game.
0: Yeah, like... I mean, yeah, that's pretty much, yeah, how I describe it too. Like, earlier I mentioned, you know, did you enjoy the battling? Did you enjoy the catching? Did you enjoy the whatever of the Pokemon games, Nathan? I brought that up because, like, while battling does exist in this game, while you do battle other trainers, ultimately, Pokemon battling exists pretty much 99% in service of just catching more Pokemon. Where in the mainline games, like, catching Pokemon is a means to engaging in more battling.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, okay.
0: Which is why so, I say that, like, yeah, it yeah. is, this game is very much, as AJ said, if Pokemon Go was a game-ass video game. Yeah.
2: was If Pokemon Go was a real video game and not whatever it is, quote-unquote. No offense.
0: Pokemon. No, Go's I fun. mean, Pokemon Go, it, it, it's one of those games that, like, it yeah. it sits alone in its own genre. Like it's very rare that like an, an entirely new genre of video game gets made and Pokemon Go I, kinda did that. I wish Pokemon Go was more like this. Like what if you could
2: walk around with your phone in the real world and rather than like and like using the AR to to see things and it would like recognize a tree in the in the we're, we're like tens of years away from that technology but like recognize a tree and then out out from the tree comes a flying pokemon and you have to i don't know do you, then you you try to aim at it and then you swipe the ball and try and catch it out of midair or something i don't know a little more interactive and dynamic would be really interesting for for pokemon go does um the, anyway does,
1: i was gonna just go ask quickly sorry i didn't mean to interrupt does the battling feel faster because one of the things that stuck about Sword and Shield was how slow-paced it felt, especially when you compare it against something like Persona 5, as
2: we've already discussed. Um, Does it
1: feel faster? I don't with- think
2: it... It doesn't feel faster. It it's feels changed different. a little bit. Yeah. It feels different. So you can actually run around um, around the actual battle and get different views of it. Okay. Um, which, which is really interesting. Like, you could... like. there's two your your pokemon and the other pokemon are fighting you can literally as it's going on um as they're they're about to do their attacks you can jump in front and um get hit yourself instead if you wanted to um which is a really weird thing to do why would you do that um i think overall i am really enjoying this game Mm -hmm. um it it is it is really good as somebody who kind of like who who grew up really liking Pokemon and still really likes Pokemon who recently who who has like lapsed on on their their enjoyment of Pokemon like Sword and Shield I never even played it um mostly because the gimmick of like Gigantamax or whatever it was called yeah yeah didn't didn't do it for me it was just like oh good it it gets it becomes a kaiju battle like that. that's not what is interesting about Pokemon in, yeah. in my opinion um, that being said you know as much as I do like this like yes there, there's the technical issues of like the visual quality which we've had uh, conversations about um, on our discord pre- invite.gg yeah. slash press YYZ. Um like I don't know why Nintendo didn't like share the actual breath of the wild engine with them. Like, cause it's clearly sure. they, to me, they, it looks like they weren't even given like the sword and shield engine and more like they were given th- the three DS engine and had to go from that to make this like it, mm. it some of it is just so bad. Like the, dr- in the distance, like Pokemon that you see can go into like single frames of animation cause it's trying to save on resources
0: and stuff, but... This is you know, um, th- this is very much a game that is much more worth playing with the Switch in handheld mode as opposed to docked. Yeah. L- like, play it on a small screen, all scrunched up. That is yeah, definitely so much more preferable. It
2: definitely hi- hides some of those issues. Um, but the... Something that I, I'm, I'm kind of, like finding myself struggling with is so the story of the game is you have to you you are essentially making and putting together the very first ever pokedex right mm-hmm. which is the 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 log entries of all the different encycl- the encyclopedia of all the the different pokemon okay, okay. um Right, and in order to do that, you you essentially have to research them, which means catching multiple of the same ones, witnessing them doing uh, specific moves um, or doing um, different kinds of like activities, as like as you're you're battling with them or whatever. Um, yeah, I think I think most I think that part's neat and interesting. However, the magic is has gotten lost ever since Pokemon Go and ever since Let's Go for me, because catching multiple of the same Pokemon and that leveling up or or giving experience to all your Pokemon, you are not getting, like... Pokemon for me, and especially growing up, with Generation 1 and 2 mostly, but even uh, going through 3, 4, and Black and White, and even uh, X, uh, when I played those, um, you you something is missing. Like there, there used to be a bond created between you emotionally with these pocket monsters on your screen, right? Like, mm-hmm. yes, there are many, there are many uh, growlith around, but this one is mine, and mm-hmm. it's sort of trivialized. Because, yes, there are many Growlithe around, and you need to catch all of them, and you are going to trash all the ones that you don't like and only keep
0: the ones with the good stats. Mm. I know exactly what you're referring to, AJ. It occurred to me a couple of hours into this game that I hadn't even assigned any of my Pokemon nicknames, not even my... um, starter Pokemon. And, and mind you, yeah. the game does not prompt you to give them nicknames when you first obtain them because it understands that this game is moving at a pretty brisk pace and it doesn't want to slow things down all the time by asking you that. But yeah, I think that this is very much, again, a kind of product of the fact that this game uh, at its core is all about catching Pokemon as opposed to yeah. battling with them and bonding with them and, you know, going through tough experiences that kind of toughen up and, Uh, really kind of form a relationship between you and them yeah
2: exactly and like the breath of the wild like aspects where you're running around the world the world um and you're encountering these wild pokemon like you would the moblins in breath of the wild and you'd you know you capture them all or you battle them or whatever um by the way cozy um the alphas so there are the nathan there are alpha pokemon so like is that like chinese not not quite like shinies, but they're like uh, they're just like the, you know the 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 pack leader in okay. a certain area of, of right. a group of Pokemon, right? Okay. Yep. Um, I get very in like Breath of the Wild vibes of like the Lionel encounters with those things,
0: hmm.
2: right? Those are sort of hmm. like the the Zelda stand-ins for for that. Um, the the Breath of the Wild takes on this are are and and improvements and and the direction in that way are steps in the right direction i personally feel like making it so impersonal and making all the pokemon seem so incredibly disposable thanks to things like pokemon go and whatnot because you just catch them and release them if you don't like their stats just fuck off you're you're too weak get out of here Um, I think that totally trivializes that emotional connection with the game and Hmm. that, that's kind of hard for me to kind of rationalize in that regard to, to, to find all the enjoyment that I used to have. Like the, the, that sort of magic is gone when they put so much emphasis on catching multiple of the same, same ones.
1: Interesting.
0: I I will say, like, I'm largely in agreement with that take, AJ. Like, yeah, I really have had a much more difficult time this time around really forming an emotional bond with my team, of Pokemon team, in quotation marks, because it always is kind of rotating out because you want to have certain Pokemon to help more easily catch a certain other type of Pokemon, or you want to level something up so that you can, you know, gain more data for your Pokedex. I will say, though, that the game does excel in a number of areas that I feel like a lot of other previous Pokemon games have faltered. I personally have been kind of surprised by just how much lore and world building there is in this game in terms of building up the culture and people of Sinnoh, or Hisui, as it's known in the game. It really feels like, more so than with any Pokemon game that has come before it, that Game Freak built like an actual lore Bible this time around of this is the history of the Hisui region. These are the people that inhabit it. Here's everything that has happened behind the scenes up until you entering into the game that you're not even necessarily ever going to be privy to, but that we need to have so that we can make you know future story decisions to come. Uh and I've like been surprised by how much I've been kind of enjoying that stuff. I'm not gonna sit here and say, oh man, 10 out of 10, like, best story ever, but it, it really feels like they're making a good, honest uh, attempt in that regard, and I've been enjoying it. Um, and I also will say, like, uh, this game, you know, uh, as is typical of a lot of other open world or open world-esque games, you know, has a lot of side quests, and I've found uh, questing out, helping out the people of Jubilife Town to be a pretty satisfying experience, and I think that when you kind of set out with a specific objective in mind of, I'm going to help deal with side quest A and B, and along the way, I'm also going to plan to go through this area so that I can, um, like, capture these Pokemon or battle those Pokemon so that I can help fill out those Pokedex entries. I think the game definitely encourages you to kind of, like, have a specific tact, plan of attack when you're going out into the field. And I feel like when you kind of follow through with that, the game... The game is pretty good at kind of getting you to fall into a pretty good flow state. Yeah, and uh,
2: the, the the last thing I'll mention about it um, is less less of an issue that I'm I'm having with the Pokemon in general, but um, with with a lot of Nintendo games in general, mm-hmm. there's a lot of like certain quality of life things that are inherently missing from a lot from a lot of nintendo titles specifically um for example like you you mentioned the side quest cozy um Mm -hmm. and i think it's you know a a pokemon game with all these different side quests and stuff and it's not just a normal through line and linear adventure completely right you can do all the side quests um
0: that's that's great, um, but do you not like the in fact which you do you not like the fact that the cursor showing you the location of a side quest doesn't appear when you're facing away from it?
2: No, that that part's fine. You can you know you can hide that uh, and like, show me what I what I would it's like. It's not it's is, not a criticism, but I, I hate that. I wish it would just show that on the side of the screen. Yeah, yeah, that that w- may have, may be a little bit better, but um, I think. I think other games across the entire industry have done side quests a lot better um, in terms of how how you manage them from a player's perspective. Because um, you have to go to the map and then you have to open up the quest log from the map. Um, and if you want to go back to, like, oh, who who was it who gave me this quest, you know? I can't I can't remember that person. You actually have to select that one quest and go then go and it'll then it'll bring up the marker one marker on the screen and then you can go to that, right? Cuz then then you know where it is. Where right. like sure, you could just go up to that person, but you have no idea if you have a quest with them or not. Like there should be the, like the World of Warcraft exclamation point above somebody's head. That hey, you have completed this person's quest. Just go up to them, like just in the world in general. And the other the other thing that I'm that I kind of struggle with, um, and they do similar things in Mario. They do similar things in Zelda um, these days. Is like with cutscenes and and whatnot. There's a lot of unnecessary fading to black and. Like in between like 10 pieces of dialogue and then it's like another another scene, but just facing the other direction. And it's like there, there are those small quality of life think, things that
0: they could make things a lot smoother. It, I think the, the latter thing that you're describing is I think G- Game Freak trying really hard to cover up the fact that its characters barely animate in this game. Yeah, like they 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 didn't have a lot of animation. We already knew they
2: they and, they clearly yeah. didn't quite have a lot of technical budget. And so, and so them co- constantly, time to animate.
0: Yeah, but fading that sort in and of out and also, cutting between different camera angles is their way of yeah. making it feel more cinematic and making it flow a lot better without having to move its characters that yeah. much. Yeah. I think like where where
2: catching Pokemon and everything is like a lot faster and a lot smoother. In this, in like that area where you actually have to play the RPG part of it, it's a lot more. Um, it's a it's it's a lot more bogged down by fading to black, fading back up, and you know, having having like some somebody just like animate talking and nothing's happening, and you have to wait for the the camera to pan, and then they're ready to tell you about it, and that it's just. They need like Hideo Kojima to animate their cutscenes or something cuz that would make it a hell of a lot more uh palatable, which is saying a lot because I didn't mm-hmm. al- always l- appreciate Kojima's uh need to overtell a story with extra long cutscenes, but at least they would have been interesting and like something was happening and not just you know, as minimal as this is. That being said, I, yeah. I I actually really love this this game. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Okay, and it ended uh, on a positive note. So
1: yeah. have you guys all finished the game?
2: No, no, no. Okay, I've made I've just finished the third area. Um, there are there are like boss fights in this, if you will. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just finished the third one.
0: Okay, so I I am in the middle of exploring the second area. This is very much a game where I feel like the more I play it, the more I understand what kind of a game uh, it's trying to be, and that is increasing my enjoyment of it the more I go along, but I also feel like because I've kind of come to it from this place of being like, I don't really get this all that much from the beginning it's also kind of slowed things down a little bit Um, Mm -hmm. I also have had a lot of stuff going on since it came out um but i i do hope yes like my birthday uh but i'm hoping that i can kind of like speed things up a little bit and see what the end game looks like because i've heard that the end game apparently has like quite a bit to offer for people who are craving like more of the traditional battle-oriented pokemon experience but we'll have to wait and see okay um okay so let's put a pin in pokemon
1: legends arceus i'm sure we'll be talking about it over the next few weeks as you guys continue to play more and get into the end game i'm sure mitch is gonna have lots to talk about when he's able to talk about as well um because we know he's been playing that a ton as well so um that being said i want to jump into one or two games i've been playing before we start talking about nobody saves the world Um, uh so mortal Kombat 11 finish the story mode on my streams you can check out all the streams they are are cozy says they are archived so i trust him implicitly um, yes they are excellent so you can go back and watch the entire story with me and my reactions to the mortal kombat 11 story um the aftermath dlc is okay it kind of takes a different angle towards the story and retells portions of it um, but it retcons the original ending slightly, but to put it in almost exactly the same place, it's, it was an interesting choice. Not sure. I loved the DLC tacked on for the story mode. I think it probably ended up better the first place and left things more open. That being said, it really does hint that mortal Kombat 12. Whenever that comes out, will be a prequel to the entire tri- or to the entire series and maybe starting way beforehand, which means that it could be an all new cast of characters. And I don't know how that would go. So, um, so yeah, so we'll that's, find more, out. yeah, we'll find out. Um, uh, now the realms has to announce what they're working on at some point. It's overdue. So, um, so yeah, that's Mortal Kombat 11. Number two, I just want to jump into Forza Horizon 4, Lego speed champions.
2: AJ, did you get a chance to play any of the expansions for Horizon 4? I did not. Um, I I enjoyed the time that I spent. Like, I, I put more time into four than I did five. Yep. For reasons we don't need to get into again. Yep. Um, but the, uh, you know, I, I did enjoy my time with it. Okay. Um, but I, I never never enough to, like, go back and, like, as cool as, like, Lego seemed to be, um, I, ne- I never got around to that.
1: So the whole concept of horizon or lego speed champions is kind of you you're in a lego world there's five lego total cars that you can unlock and they're based on real cars like the ferrari f40 um the one of the porsches 911 the um um uh, the cover car uh for that game and i'm blanking on it one of the mini coopers um so you you have a like five lego cars that you can get in total as you play the game uh bugatti one of the bugattis um uh McLaren. It's a McLaren. The McLaren's the other one. That's the cover car. So you essentially as you unlock these cars, you base you run around the Lego world and each time you do a challenge, whether it's win a race or do one of the PR stunts, whether it's a speed trap or speed zone or drifting, you, you get a chance to earn Lego bricks. And as you get these Lego bricks, you can then unlock upgrades for your house. So you initially have just like a plain pad. And as you unlock these challenges and they've got like 273 challenges in the game, um, you start checking them off as you go um, for doing the races and stuff. You earn these bricks, which you can then build more things with. So you start with a little small house and then you put additions onto the house. Um, Then eventually it's like, hey, instead of a house, we're going to drop a soccer pitch. Or no, football pitch. That's what they call it. Uh, A football field down for you on your property. And then we're going to add dinosaurs. Oh, and you need a yacht. And so they keep dropping all this cool stuff on your property um, for your Lego house. Eventually like a UFO. Um, But then the completionist in me caught how these challenges worked. And that you can actually go through them. And some of them are like um, in... uh, uh, it was a specific car have 20 uh, ultimate drafting. So I just had to go into that car in a race and get ultimate drafting 20 times. Um, drive from point like the helipad to the lighthouse in uh, 45 seconds in a class B car. That sort of things, Or very specific car challenges. Um, things like do these two drifting zones and get three stars in them within 60 seconds. So as I started to go through that, I had a lot of fun completing all the challenges, really like a lot of really fun stuff. And then once you complete every single challenge, it unlocks like this monster course that goes around the entire island twice, which isn't super long comparatively to some of the monster courses in this typical Horizon game, uh, or the mainline parts, um, but still super fun to play. So if you haven't had a chance and you enjoy Forza Horizon, you like Lego, uh, this is a good... Um, a good, a good pickup, a good play, very fun. Um, and you can see a lot of the DNA and how they designed the accolade system in Forza Horizon five in it, um, in terms of the completion, because you went from 273 challenges in this Lego game to very similar style challenges. Um, but now there's like 1800 of them. So in Forza Hmm. Forza Horizon five, so Um, yeah, it's definitely worth a play. Um, if you can get it on sale, I think I picked up for 20 with all, and that was all the DLC content for the two expansions, which I'm playing fortune Island now, but I will save my opinions on that. Um, plus all the car packs and everything else, um, which seemed like a reasonable price point. So hopefully whenever they delist Forza horizon five, they'll follow the same path they took with, um, Forza sport 7 and if you bought any of the DLC, give you a code, a token to download the whole game to download the game. So
2: that would be nice. Hopefully yeah. they're they're nice enough.
1: Yeah. Yep. Fingers crossed. Um but yeah, so um anyways, that being said, we've talked about what I've been playing. Let's jump in to Nobody Saves the World. So before we get started in the actual reviews, let's
0: just talk about how many hours we played. Now, AJ, I think you're the least amount Wait, played. hold on. Hold oh. on. Before we talk about Nobody Saves the World, did you guys see what I put in the run of show doc for this week? Uh... Last week, we talked about how we didn't have a specific name for this particular oh. recurring segment on Press YZ. And so I'm announcing right here and right now, until we come up with a better name, this okay. segment is going to be called YYZ Reviewee.
1: Okay, please give us huh? a name, better name. Huh? <laughs> uh, Very if, creative. If you're out there and you're watching, oh, this man. could be the clip for this week. Please get us a better name than Press YYZ
0: Reviewee. Hours and hours to come up with YYZ Reviewy. Took so much brain power.
1: Please help me. Help me so much, please.
2: You should, You if, if, hey, you know what? You, with a brain like that, you should be playing Wordle. Yes, it's
1: true. Um, although, don't bring up Wordle. Mm. People stop paying attention when we talk about Wordle. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, some people. Although, I do want to give a shout out to the guy who made Wordle and he got paid this week. Yeah. Um, yeah, good for him. Yeah, seven figures. It was a game he made for Big his wife money. to play. Uh, yep. And he got seven figures out, so good for him. Um, uh, I have Blue, a feeling Wordle will be less relevant in about three months when it's under a paywall, but not much we can do about that right now.
2: If it's under a paywall, remain yep. optimistic. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, so, yeah,
1: let's jump in. Um, okay, so, AJ, how many hours have you played? I think
0: I played
1: one, one to three hours, somewhere in there one to three hours so just a taste of the game just to kind of get a feel for it yep i
2: i bounced off of it
1: bounced off of it okay so cozy how many hours are you in
0: i beat the game once uh and i did not go back to play any more of it after i beat it so i don't know how many hours that is i'm gonna assume it's about 20 or so
1: okay um i'm at i think my count was 29 um i did beat it and i went back and then upgraded all my characters to s like to the ultimate tier um right. however i've not gone back for the final achievement of re- playing new game plus um because i'm not ready for that maybe down the line but and we can get into that a little bit more so i've not Ooh. taken on any of the new game plus content so um that being said aj why don't you start us off what yeah. what are your thoughts
2: Okay, so you know, it, my thoughts my thoughts are a little complicated and, and not too fully formed. Yeah. Um, I much like, similarly to the gunk, like I, I also get Zelda vibes from this, but like you know, a link to the past vibes as opposed yeah. To the 3D the Zelda map vibes. is
0: very a link to the past.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um. And and like it's it's that sort of like dungeon crawlery type of game. Um, which should in theory be right up my alley um i think for me a lot of the a lot of it lied in the like animation and the control um okay. the with regards to the animation um i don't want to use use this as a pejorative but it's it's the only reference i can make there's it's it's a little similar to it's a little flash gamey for me, if that makes sense. Mm. Mm. Um, okay. In terms of the animation and running around the world and everything, um, which you know I could I could look past that if I were having more fun with how it felt. Um, I didn't like that it was only four directional. Um, I feel like especially when you unlock mm. the, something like the archer. Um, I think it would be better as, like, a dual joystick type like of a, game where you yeah. a little more directional. Twin Stick but Shooter. But also, like, yeah, Twin Stick Shooter sort of thing. Yep. Um, but even even with just the rat um, itself, um, which is your first kind of, like... Unlock, Which yep. is your first, we'll call it, unlock power, I guess. Yeah. Um, I didn't feel like there was any weight behind any of my attacks. And I don't know if that changes later, but it 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 didn't have a, a very much time to make a first impression on me and I didn't it didn't make a a a good enough one. Like I I recognize that it's actually a really good and and good game and like super super well um what's what's the word I'm looking for? Super i don't know well made and and like polished polished right i can recognize that Mm um i i i also so unlocking the the bow and arrow person the hunter i think and then there's the sword the the ranger and then there's the 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 sword person the guard um who you also unlocked right uh essentially right beside it um it didn't feel like there was any weight to the, the things you were doing. It was just like your attacks, these pixels were going to go through these enemy pixels and math was going to happen and damage is done and that's it. Um, so, so that kind of left a little bit to be desired. Is, is there a quicker way to like change your, um, your character there? Cause like having to go into the menu and, and then
0: scroll over one page, and then...
1: So you can use the right bumper can, to... Yeah, yeah. which to, will
0: bring up a wheel of, like, the characters that you've been using okay, most recently. so
2: I didn't, notice, I didn't notice that, and that was holding me back, too. Yes, yeah,
1: you can use the... Now, I have issues with that system, um, yeah. strictly because the game doesn't pause when you switch your characters.
0: Yeah. Well, um, in, in co-op mode, that is. No, in regular mode, it does not. Oh, exist. yeah, you're right. You're right. I must be thinking of something else that we experienced during co-op. Yeah, we'll talk about co-op together
1: quickly Um, because Cozy and I had two plus hours in co-op, but not without its issues. Um, But I I do wish when you were playing the game that it would like pause as you were like, you pulled the wheel up because I find when I was putting the stick in the direction I wanted, it wasn't always consistent. Like I try to do it and I'd have the wrong form that I didn't want. So I found myself going into the menus anyways, because then at least I know the action has stopped and I could pick the right person I wanted without having to worry about continually being attacked. Um, So yeah, I think AJ, I I can understand where you're coming from with that. Um, I almost thought I was going to nope out pretty quickly on it. I thought it was quite hard at first. Um, I think once I got past the ranger and the guard and they started giving you the options to mix and match attacks and to, like, uh, and how some of the attacks would get more complicated. Um, like, you, you probably didn't get the detonate unlocked for the mouse, right? That early? No, I don't, th- I don't think so. No. So, so w-
0: the way that detonate works is basically any enemy on screen that's been poisoned by your mouse's chompers will immediately explode. And it's one of those things where, like, it's pretty powerful as the rat, but you pair that with, like, a character with more hit points or more just raw attack power, and it could be pretty deadly. So,
1: um, I think, yeah, so I I didn't think I was going to like it as I first started playing it. And then I want to say I pushed through the first legendary dungeon, and then it started to really, as I unlocked um, the slug and the turtle really started to click for me. And the slug I thought was going to be a joke character. Um, but he actually turned out to no be... But it's no joke. No, it really isn't. Um, it shoots a constant stream of tears out of its eyes. Um, yeah. But it, it plays more like that tw- twin stick shooter where... Uh, but you're right. I didn't even think about it not being eight directional. Uh, yeah. Like that you said, that it is only four directional. I never
0: really thought so about that
2: at all. The The ranger, like... You had to hold a button to strafe. Yeah. To to yeah to strafe. Right? and Works
0: like, with works with all characters, by the way. If you hold down that okay. button for any character, they'll be locked in place, and that'll allow Got you it. to aim your attacks. Very uh, yeah. not for the horse. Yeah. I found that to be I found that to be a little cumbersome.
2: Yep. Um. Which is why I kind of like was wishing it would be like a twin stick shooter, especially okay. like that, like. Yeah, I understand what they were going for and making it four directional and stuff like that. You know, that makes it a little more Zelda-like, like a, like a Link to the Past or something like that. But mm-hmm. yeah,
1: yeah, and you like you can see the influences in Zelda in this um, as well as like some other games. I think they did. I think what worked for me um, as I was playing the game was just the amount of. Like, everything is about quests and quest completion. You constantly have that, like, the quests on the side of the screen as you're playing. Um, Cozy and I, while we were playing together, we're just looking at what quests we needed to do and what characters we needed to play as to do those quests. And it kind of gave us a chance to um, really get familiar with characters maybe we wouldn't have played. Mm -hmm. And because some of the characters... Like the like, there's custom quests. It's not just about the abilities that you earn, but like pairing your abilities with other characters' abilities. It kind of showed you some of the unlocked like potential that you could have with different builds. Um, Because you get to a certain point when you realize, okay, this is about building like the best potential character I can in this game,
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: how can I make it as powerful as I can? So, like, uh, cozy in the screen, he's playing here. He's playing as the ghost. And I didn't even really yeah. touch the ghost um, at all. And I think
0: y- you was not one uh, that vibed with you. Yeah,
1: he, he he was. You were pretty good with it, weren't you, Cozy?
0: Yeah, I, I, yeah. it was definitely a bit of a learning curve, but yeah. So, um, Cozy, let's talk about your thoughts. Yeah. So, like my super ultra short abridged uh, thoughts on this game are: I like it. I think it's good. Mm-hmm. Slightly less abridged thoughts. Um, you know, last week, or rather two weeks ago, if time is very confusing in the pandemic. Uh, yeah. we reviewed Image Inform's The Gunk, and I came down a little bit harsher on it than I think the two of you did. But after playing this game, you know, reflecting back on the Gunk, I do have to hand it to Image Inform for making the jump to 3D, even though the result of the fruit of their efforts wasn't that outstanding, yep. that's still a difficult jump to take. And and I say that because, you know, in contrast, this game, Nobody Saves the World, is less so of a major leap forward and more of a leap to the side. It's very much a lateral move for a studio like Drinkbox that is primarily dealt in 2D based games uh, for Pretty much the entirety of its uh, time as a developer, and while I think that ultimately this is a better game, a much more enjoyable experience than the gunk, I kind of come away from it a little bit more disappointed. Again, because I just feel like, even though the results uh, of their efforts weren't great, Image Inform kind of accomplished more by making that jump. Okay. Um, I think that. Uh, y- A lot of the stuff that, uh, AJ, you expressed, you know, uh, mixed feelings about, like, not being able to move in eight directions, uh, you feeling like your attacks didn't have much impact, or not really issues that I had. Mind you, you know, I played, you know, for quite a bit more time, and so it's possible that, like, maybe you would have felt the same way that I did after you make your way into deeper dungeons and start encountering enemies that have, like, crazy shields and huge groups of enemies that you just trash all at once uh i generally was quite fond of combat in this game i thought that Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the um like quests that the game doles out that allow you to kind of level up your characters were consistently fun even if they got a little bit tricky and complicated when you had to um, you know mix and match abilities from other characters um i just to me i just feel like this game Uh, really is sort of lacking in a lot of the heart that I feel like the Guacamelee games had outside of its combat. Um, I just find the world, you know, while uh, beautifully rendered, uh, feels chaotic and random uh, to the point of me just not really kind of caring about it or its cast of characters. Um, And I feel like much of the same can be said about the story of the game as well. Up until I would say maybe the final like hour or so there's a couple of things that ramp up story-wise towards the end there that I actually actually maybe go like oh like this is actually making me feel something but other than that like this is very much one of those games that you come into for the grind and not much else but the grind IMO is really really good and surprisingly like well polished
1: Yeah, I I really liked, um, the, I think the grind is what kept me coming back to it as well. You're right about story. Like when I look back at some of the prior games that Drinkbox has done, we've got Mutant Blobs Attack, which really doesn't have a huge story going throughout it. Um, but it's interesting enough. It's a short experience and I think it gets you through it. Then Guacamelee, uh, you really had, I guess it was the memes. It was really all about the memes with Guacamelee. And then Severed told like a darker tale about, um, Man, it's been a while since I played Severed, but a girl whose family who's died, and you're trying to yeah, um, like it's a darker tale um than they've ever told. Yeah. And then Guacamelee Three comes back with humor, or t- three, two with t- two with humor and the Mexiverse, and kind of yeah. reference like spends a lot of time referencing other video game universes. Which Guacamelee
0: is- Two, like I'm not going to sit here and say again greatest story of all time, ten out of ten, but. That that game story like like follows up on a mm-hmm. lot of stuff that was set up in Guacamelee One in like really like unexpectedly clever ways. Yeah. like there's some really clever writing in that game.
1: No, and I, I think I think that's where this loses it for me a little bit. Where the gameplay is fun, the grind is fun, but like you don't feel a connection to the characters. The nobody's literally a nobody where it has no personality whatsoever and you have to rely on the personality of everybody else. And you don't quite hit those characters that they've had in their other games. I think Randy's probably the best character and he's humorous every time you see him and actually you begin to feel for him in the end. Yeah. uh, Which I did not expect. Um, So good on them for doing that. Um, But none of the other characters really stick out beyond needing to give you quests. They're more of a something to the means. Um, yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, pretty much. So, uh, in terms of playing co-op, I think Cozy and I were a little disappointed when we actually tried to play co-op. Number one, we couldn't actually play in Cozy's game for whatever reason. It just wouldn't connect. Yeah,
0: um, I mean, I don't want to like, I, I want to be careful that we like not specifically like finger that on the part of drink box. Like who knows what kind of connectivity issues were going on under the hood that was not their fault at all but yeah no that yeah unfortunately wasn't happening
1: no um but we did could connect on mine so but i think one of the things is when you play co-op you're helping the other person with their progress but you don't get any progress out of it
0: yeah which, which is your story i, I did um I, I did uh go back and listen to a vod of a kind of funny stream where they had the drink box developers on and they were They were, they directly addressed that specific issue with the game. And basically, it came down to for them, them being like, we could like focus on a more kind of expensive multiplayer suite, but like just the time and resources in this case aren't worth it, which, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I totally understand. Like a lot of stuff goes on behind the scenes in game development that we aren't privy to, that we would think is as simple as flipping a switch, but in reality is probably way more complex. And so I definitely want to give them the benefit of the doubt uh, in that particular regard. But, you know, I'm still disappointed that we couldn't do what you're describing, Nathan.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's what we imagined it would be like. And then it was just disappointing, I think, when we got to what the actual play was. And it was great for me because we were able to unlock, like, the dragon form, but it didn't really do anything for you besides us have a good time. Yeah, um, I,
0: I will say also though, that, uh, I mean, in terms of latency, like the game played pretty well with the yeah. two of us on screen, even with like a crazy amount of enemies coming after us.
1: I'll agree with that. You like with having enemies on the screen and familiars being created, um, on our side oh, yeah, as well. Familiars too. Yeah. So it ran really well. There was no problems connection wise. It's just, if you're going to play with friends, don't expect to have progression. Like this might be a game where you just want to play with a friend in total from start to finish. Instead of focusing on yours. Now, on the positive, you do unlock all the achievements as your friend does it because you got a bunch of achievements right. early.
2: That's right. I was I was gonna say like the little bit that I did play like much like uh, when I said with the gunk um, this might the the gunk might be something I want to hand over hand the controller to Rachel and see how she does. This might be something where like me being the good video game player, like I might want bring give her a controller and have her um hop in and have a good time together and and she you know she can support me depending on the character she chooses from a distance or something like that or, yeah. or what have you but now it might get a little too chaotic for for, for her but um it, it's one of those i definitely would be interested in like giving it a try yeah seeing it, how she she adapts to it
1: i actually don't think there's couch co-op for this Mm, I think it's only online co-op. Okay. So Uh, somebody's going to have to
2: do the cloud stream and then.
1: Yeah. It it gets a lot more complicated. I think couch co-op would have been a great addition to it. Uh, Yeah. So really weird. Yeah. I don't know why. Um, So anyways, so uh, couch co-op aside, I just wanted, like I said, it wasn't bad. It ran well. I just don't think it's what we're expecting. So yeah. Yeah. Um, So yeah, uh, overall, I think it's a charming, uh, like it's a game um, with some charm,
0: but lacks a personality. Yeah. I mean, I I will say, I do think that all the characters that you can transform into have a lot of personality to them. I remarked this uh, during the stream that we played the game together on, Nathan. Mm -hmm. This game is sort of like secretly kind of a Digimon game in the sense that the way in which you kind of progress through all the characters that you can play as feels sort of like a series of Digimon evolutions. We've all seen the memes online of like, oh, evolution in Pokemon, it's like a kitten evolves into a cat, evolves into a lion. And then evolution in Digimon, it's like a kitten evolves into a Velociraptor, evolves into like a fridge with a minigun. That's very much what unlocking all the characters in this game is like. It's like, oh, your rat evolves into an archer which evolves into a mermaid, which evolves into a necromancer, which evolves into and so on and so forth. I I, I don't know if that was <laughs> like an intentional thing on the part of the studio, but like they could have they could have laid out the way in which you unlock all of the characters in the game in a much different fashion. Uh, yeah. And the fact that they instead went with this, again, Digi Evolution-esque tree of evolutions, I think was a good choice. A good yeah. choice.
1: I agree with that. Um, it's funny. I saw an early trailer for the game. I watched and the layout was completely different. It was scrolled to the right
0: mm. um,
1: and had arrows all over the place. It wasn't all leading back into one or at least that mm. I could see based on, upon the early thing. Um, so yeah, in terms of going back to the game um, and doing the new game plus, I think at some point I'm going to tackle a new game plus run. I just don't think I'm into it yet uh i've beaten the game they remix all the dungeons so that they're much harder with harder qualifications on each of them and the first legendary dungeon has a does 999 damage uh built into it um for every hit so uh so yeah so i'm not sure if i'm ready to go back for that it doesn't seem as fun because i died a few times in that first dungeon or in that first legendary dungeon um and you have to beat every dungeon to get to get to the end of the game, because that's the only way to get the stars. Because at this point, it's recognized that you've probably done all your quests at this point, or most of your quests. Uh, so you can't, based on uh, like, get your stars based on that. So you get ten stars per dungeon, and then every like legendary dungeon has the exact right amount to get into it. So um, yeah. So, anyways, I think we like. Nobody saves the world. I think we yeah. just wish we loved it a little more, at least for cozy I, and for AJ it
0: just didn't click. So, and that's going to yeah. happen. Last week I gave uh, the gunk, I believe two out of five stars. I definitely give this game a solid three out of five stars. I think that uh, if you have game pass, I'd say it's definitely mm-hmm. worth checking out even amidst all of the other games on game pass that are equally, I would say worth checking out just keep in mind that this game isn't quite the second coming from Drinkbox that you would hope it would be. It's a lateral move uh, coming off of what they've done in the past, which is understandable. When you make a game that's as good as Guacamelee 2, I think it's a wise decision to be like, hey, we're not going to try to create uh, lightning in a bottle again. Let's try and make something much different so it can be judged on its own terms. But even uh, through that lens, I think that it's not quite the same level of doesn't quite hit the same level of high standard that we've come to expect from the studio
1: yeah um so yeah so anyways so give it a try i think it's worth at least dipping your toes and see if it's your feel i know judging based on what i've seen on twitter uh people either really liked it or it didn't really connect with people and they got far enough in it that they just felt like they should beat it um so yeah um, that being said, jammers next week for Press YYZ Reviewee. Hell
0: yeah, it's sticking. No, it's please, spreading like a virus.
1: Please help us. Please. 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 All right, you can clip that out for this week's bit. Uh, all right, that being said, so. Uh, we're seventeen right now. I don't think this is going to be a long discussion anyways, but we have it in the notes. Um, obviously we have, we are living in, uh, I know blessing keeps talking about the review season, but really it feels like the acquisition season with everything being acquisized. Um, so yeah, it's acquisition season. Uh, we've talked about the ramifications of Microsoft buying Activision, um now we have more acquisitions since that's happened sony uh yesterday out of nowhere bought bungie this is obviously not in response to activision it may seem like it um but something like this would have been in the talks for probably months and months and months um
2: so how are you how are you all feeling as as a longtime xbox fan This one stings a little bit. Is it like Xbox buying Crash and Spyro? So it's different because... Yes, those games were like for a while exclusive to PlayStation. Yep. But... They... They didn't... Like, we look back on those games nostalgically, sure, and, like, they could come back and they could be great. Yep. But we don't necessarily look back on those with the same reverence and, like, this thing revolutionized this aspect of gaming um, that we do for something like Halo. And Bungie being the original creators of Halo, um... They they, yeah. It it stings a little bit, and I don't. I'm not, but I'm not offended by it. Okay. Um, I think I yeah. Good a, good for Bu- much li- much like the creator of of Wordle. Good good for Bungie for finding a partner that they, even though they made a bad choice the last time they tried to partner with somebody. Good for them for finding somebody. Um who hopefully respects their, their vision and wants to utilize their their ideas and technologies fairly.
1: Yeah, I think this is a good news situation. Um I think for people who are mainly Xbox or don't have a PlayStation, um, they've already come out and said they're gonna continue to be multi platform and develop for both consoles. So and yep. that'll continue with mm-hmm. Destiny existing and any new IP. So yeah. They kind of have that autonomy, which no other PlayStation Studio at this point has. Um, So it's very interesting. It's almost like play, and I've been listening to a bunch of podcasts. So um, forgive me if some of these seem like they're repeated, uh, but I think that all happens as we listen and learn and like talk things through. But they um, bought this with the intention of really, and I think Jim Ryan has said this in his interview, um, with really leveraging uh, Bungie's knowledge of the live service business. Because mm-hmm. apparently they have 10 live service games that they'd like to have out by 2026. Sony first party hmm. live service games. Yeah. So um, it, it sounds more like Sony bought them for knowledge and to help them out than necessarily the other way around.
0: So here's the question that I want to ask you guys. Yep. When... I first heard of this announcement, you know, obviously I was overcome with all sorts of thoughts and questions and just sheer madness of the brain in general. The one thing that uh, remained after all those other thoughts cleared, though, was, man, this new IP that Bungie is working on in the background could end up being really really super good i had known you know as we all have for a while now that bungie had been working on a new ip in mm-hmm. the background that would be independent of the uh destiny universe i had had no interest in it and now that i know that it's going to you know be published under the kind of playstation umbrella that gets me really kind of excited for it because in my mind I'm thinking, oh, man, this is going to be the first-person shooting expertise of Bungie, potentially mixed with some of the, you know, storytelling acumens that we tend to associate PlayStation with. But with what you just talked about, Nathan, about, you know, PlayStation really being hungry to set up a lot of, you know, games-as-a-service experiences, uh, ongoing games experiences, like, I'm beginning to wonder if this game that Bungie is working on Uh, in the background is perhaps not going to be what I envisioned it could be in those wee hours after this uh, acquisition was made public. If it is going to be not like another Destiny, but like Destiny on a smaller scale. Because if it is, that's not super appealing to me. Even if it does feature a little bit of that Sony storytelling acumen.
1: Yeah. So at this point, you have to figure the IP's been in development for a while. So I don't think, even if it was, it wouldn't have. Um, So, like, Sony wouldn't be shaping it at this point and guiding it. Like, maybe to a point, but like, you got to figure their IP's well into development. It's not like hmm. with their other first party studios where they green light everything, they have to come to them with ideas and. Every like to, I guess it's not Shu anymore to Herman Hulst to mm. to get the OKs on what they move forward with and what they don't move forward with. Um, so yeah, so that IP would have probably been in development anyways, and you probably would have gotten whatever it is, maybe with some Sony tweaks to it. Um, so, but yeah, no, th- that's an interesting thought. AJ, what
2: what do you think? Can you ask the question again? Sorry, uh, the super long. There.
0: Like, super long, a bridge into a short version of the question is, do we think that this second IP that Bungie's working on in the background um, is going to kind of be like Destiny on a smaller scale? Or is it potentially, hypothetically, going to be Bungie's shooting acumens meets Sony's storytelling first-person shooter, you know, dad-of-war acumens? Well, hopefully, hopefully they, like...
2: Sony clearly bought them for their online infrastructure, technology, and like multiplayer prowess. Yeah, which is great. Um, and hopefully they they lend their hand at storytelling and stuff because I think story, I think the Destiny story could have been good if it wasn't all hidden behind grimoire cards on the website. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, at the very least, I think they're going to get more of an opportunity to tell their story and tell it the way they envision it, as opposed to just, you know, how much cut, destiny cut, have cut, you put played? This... I beat both of them. Okay. Um, and each each one I played for a good two weeks consistently for. Uh, you know, every day. F- after work, um, but none of the expansions grabbed me because none of the, like, the world itself was not enticing enough to keep going. Like, the most fun mm-hmm. I had in Destiny 1 was probably the loot cave. Um, and then in Destiny 2, um, I think the most fun that I have was actually the end game of the main story which is now actually apparently very difficult to like try and find and get back into like let's say you wanted to play the story of destiny 2 again and and relive that experience it's an ongoing service game and it's, it's a lot of that is like either behind a menu of like oh hey here's this old mission if you want whatever man like go go play it i guess something and it's just like no i wanted to i if I want to play Destiny Two again and I want to start from the beginning, I want to go through the entire progression that I already went through. So hopefully, the, them partnering with Sony can like, to, they can lend each other's strengths to each other to hopefully bring bring out something
0: something cool. I don't know if I ever I talked about this. On the podcast, but I actually logged quite a few hours into Destiny 2 in, I want to say 2018, because like a friend's group uh, that I was rolling with at the time was really into it. And I actually got to participate in some pretty cool things. I played through and completed the normal version of Destiny 2's Leviathan Raid. Where you're kind of going through this giant celestial palace and completing all these tasks that require you to kind of coordinate things amongst yourselves. And there are some moments in that Leviathan raid where, like, you're kind of in the midst of performing all these tasks all at once. You're trying to make sure that everything goes off like this human controlled Rube Goldberg machine. And it really does feel special. And in terms of, like, talking about, you know, what Bungie can bring to PlayStation studios. Like obviously there's the games as a service, uh, you know, constantly live experience aspect of it. I'd be interested in seeing if they could figure out how to kind of translate that type of, you know, multiple players have to coordinate these crazy interactive puzzles, uh, aspect of their games into some of Sony's like single player or single player ish experiences. Because those were really special, and I feel like there are not a lot of studios that I can point to in the industry now that, like, do stuff that's really kind of comparable to that.
1: Mm -hmm. Destiny is one of those games where I missed it when it first came out. And I remember hearing about, like, was it the Peter Dinklage who was the original voice? Bring back the
2: dink um it and then they
1: switched Peter it to Dinklage. nolan north yeah yes okay um it just it, like people thought it was very robotic and not quite that wizard came from the moon yeah that was the big line that everybody said um so yeah so it was um i, I remember that but as the games got further and further away it didn't seem like and i think this happens with a lot of like live service games and MMOs that is harder and harder for you to get into it. I -hmm. think the whole point of destiny Two was to have a jumping off point for new people in again. But then as you, to your point, AJ, you can't go and play some of the original story stuff. Now it's just not there.
2: Yeah, Um, exactly.
1: Yeah. And it's just more of a, like it's less about story and more about the mechanics and the shooters. And we know Bungie is great at mechanics. They have shooters down and also, um a side topic we haven't discussed is that this really fills a shooter niche that they don't have yeah. at the moment um and at the same time too well we assume there are some shooters in development for playstation um because there's the two studios that are working on FPSs: the one uh De- devolution devolution yeah.
0: Um, and then firewall. Yeah, like Arceus, it's, it's the Arceus Arceus of Sony studios.
1: Yeah. Um, so they've got two studios. So how great would it be now to have somebody from Bungie be able to go in and look at what they're doing and see, yeah. see, see where they're at with, uh, with their stuff, because we don't know what's going on with COD, uh, seems to be like, it's going to be on PlayStation for at least a few more years. Um, Mm -hmm. if not entirely based upon comments, but I get, think we'll get a better idea, but if not, they need something in the bit, like that's going to work in the bank. So this will help them out and fill that void. Um, I still think, and I think this sells a lot too. And here's, um, something I haven't seen or heard explored. Do you think they have purposely left it multi-platform? Um, and put it that they're going to let them stay multi-platform, In terms of things like acquisitions of Bethesda from the other side.
2: So like to try and like, see, we're going to let you play everywhere and not restrict it. We're better than you sort of deal.
1: Not even a we're better than you, but kind of as like a chip. Like a bargaining chip to be like, maybe you should, uh, you know, put that Starfield over here. Or... Hmm um like just or maybe Starfield is a, not a good one because of the IP but let's so, say Skyrim S- a yeah, Skyrim so, which like Elder Scrolls has been everywhere so maybe the next Elder Scrolls I, comes comes out
2: yeah i wonder if if that if if that was like Sony's play or if that was part of Bungie's bargaining like these guys were desperate for to fill the void of like the online multiplayer and even a bit of a shooter space or whatever mm-hmm. at at Sony so maybe it was like a no you have to let us like cuz i i believe the the verbiage was they they will maintain like self publishing rights if they want to so maybe that means like PlayStation and PC in terms of like uh, cross-platform support maybe Sony will will cover funding for that and and publish that on those those platforms but maybe and maybe if like if Bungie wants to bring it to Xbox as well they are free to do so right because yep. they re- retain self-publishing rights maybe that just means okay w- sony will cover playstation publishing and pc publishing um and you have to cover the publishing of it on other consoles or other places yeah it'll be
1: really it'll be really interesting to see uh i forgot about stadia you're welcome yeah um never forget (laughs) uh so yeah, it'll be interesting. I think we won't have a better idea of how that looks until they publish a new IP or a new game. Yeah, because at the existing time, it's just going to stay the way it is. And with MLB the Show, it does not flash the Sony logos before Xbox, I believe.
2: Um. Uh. It's. it's does it have the PlayStation Sony Studios? Studio? Oh, maybe. It yeah, does, it's. A, yeah, it, that you know that black screen with the small Sony. Yeah studio's font right yeah i think it does that
1: they didn't publish the game it uh, um they didn't publish it uh mlb published it yeah so yeah so i think this is interesting we won't have a better idea until bungie releases a new game and uh who knows when that's going to be there may
2: maybe maybe mlb being on xbox prove to sony that hey our playstation titles can make money elsewhere and still be good even if it's on game pass Mm -hmm. maybe that's it because like the next one is apparently also coming to switch
0: yes which i'm super worried about uh we'll see did did the uh one from the previous year come to switch as well nope this is the first
1: uh it's the first time it's been on switch Mm -hmm.
0: um and I mean, we'll see how that game fares, but I would think, and you can, you guys can correct me if you think I'm being ignorant on this, but I would think the fact that they skipped over the previous year and are only coming out with the game now is because they didn't feel confident in whatever the previous year's product would have been, and so they wanted to take some more time to make sure that this year's would have been as good as it possibly can be for the Switch's architecture. I don't know if that's yeah. like maybe an overly positive way of looking at the situation, but... That's what I'm thinking.
1: This, yeah, I guess we'll see. The Switch um, version, uh, like, they haven't done it before. EA has struggled. Like, if we're just going to look at a similar type of thing, EA sure. has struggled with uh, FIFA titles. Because <coughs> it's the only sports title they brought to the Switch are the FIFA titles. And they just get, like, like roster updates every year now. They're an older version that is not on par with the existing platforms um this is an older game but wwe 2k19 was a dumpster fire on switch it was almost literally unplayable with half the modes and um like slow down to an extreme point yeah mm-hmm. so um but if they found a way to graphically dumb it down but get the same feel for it because it will be cross play um and cross save I think, between all the consoles. So you could have a situation way back in the day. You remember when cross-save first happened and they actually, there was this little device that's about to turn 10 called the Vita.
0: What is it? Oh, man.
1: There was a big um, push at the time uh, to have um, cross-play and cross-save with MLB The Show. So you could take it on the go on your Vita and then pick the same game up on your uh, PS3. Hmm. How how was that? Hey, I don't know. I'm not a big show guy, but it worked. Hmm. So, like, this could be a similar situation.
0: Nathan, you said that that was, like, a big initiative on Sony's part. It was, but I really don't remember, outside of, like, the indie game space, a ton of, like, AAA games that sort of took advantage of that cross-play, you know, beam it to your Vita and take it on the go before you come back and beam it back to your PS3 or PS4 functionality.
1: The problem was is that AAA stuff wasn't coming to the Vita.
0: Right. The, the uh, only game that I remember, like the one big example that immediately comes to mind is Borderlands 2, and that yeah. infamously like didn't run super well. But I know that there were definitely other examples, but they're not coming to mind.
1: It, there wasn't a lot, and you're right, a lot of it was smaller indie game stuff where you could go back and forth with your saves. Uh, Guacamole, I think, yeah, cross-safe. Uh, and you were right. able to jump But
0: that it. And, like, no, I don't mean this with any offense towards Drinkbox, but, like, Guacamole, not a game that's really, you know, pushing it graphically or technically. Oh,
1: yeah. um, it, the Vanillaware game. Dragon Crown. Dragon's Crown. Dragon's Crown um, did that as well. Um MLB sold a Vita and okay, so Kyle's got some stuff in the chat here. Uh Ooh. so MLB sold Vita. Okay, so you got a PlayStation and a Vita copy together? He said that's so the one well, thing that asked him to get it. It was cross by as well. Um so yeah, so they put a few more incentives in there. Regardless at this point, if you are a major MLB fan, um you can get it on Switch. And potentially move your save to either PlayStation 5 or Xbox Series X uh, or S when you get home. So if you're looking to buy two copies, if you're PlayStation or just one extra copy of Switch, if you get it through Game Pass. So hmm. I'm kind of curious, too, if this means that Mob The Show 21 will leave Game Pass. So if you've been invest, can you carry your content over or will it leave when twenty two comes on board? I don't know. So, because um, I'm curious about that as well. And then, will people if you can't carry your progress over, will people be annoyed to start over again? That's the grind with the annual sports series, though. I'm assume it'd be there. All EA games are there, but it's not EA. So And there's usually no progression over it. So if you're currently playing it um, and you've put a lot of time into the show, do you feel like you're going to want to buy it before it leaves Game Pass to get your content back? So, I don't know. I'm curious. There's a lot of precedence to be set here. There's a lot of fun stuff to talk about. That being said, the whole MLB show talk completely deviated us from the Bungie conversation. So... um, So, yeah. So... I think we talked about a lot of the interesting stuff there. So we've talked about what Bungie gains out of it. We talked about, I think more importantly, what PlayStation gains out of it. Um, We've talked about um, just like the ramifications and what the future looks like in terms of future IPs. And from a perspective of as they're staying multi-platform, what does that look like? And does that put pressure on Xbox to do similar things if they acquire studios? Um, AJ brought, you, you brought up a good point, um, in terms of like, we kind of don't know, um, mm-hmm. and what that future looks like. And I think PlayStation needs another acquisition to do something similar before we see this being a pattern versus a one-off. Cause you were right about the publishing rights and how that works and, uh, like, do they yeah. publish elsewhere? So we kind of need to see somebody else be acquired and do they get that same, those same options.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. Um, so what are you guys uh, final thoughts? Cause I don't want to just drag this out if we don't need to. I um, mean,
0: actually, wait, wait,
1: before we get to final thoughts, sorry, there's one more piece here. Uh, Jim Ryan has said, uh, and I think this is important. We shouldn't skip over it, that there are more acquisitions coming and you should expect to see more in the future. So sure
0: are, There sure are.
2: I think that has me less optimistic, but specifically to the Sony Bungie thing, I am optimistic of their partnership specifically.
1: Okay. Um, So you're optimistic about the partnership. So it's kind of a wait and see and see what happens going forward with, but like other studios being acquired, because you have to wonder if they want, they'll want the same deal that Bungie got. If there's future acquisitions, especially as they will come after this Bungie deal. So they'll see the precedent that was set there. So, uh, Cozy, uh, what about you? So let's, talk, let's start with your final thoughts. I really interrupted you.
0: No, nah, it's not a problem. Yeah, okay. I mean, you know, unfortunately, m- much like the acquisition of Activision by Microsoft a few weeks back, we won't know the full ramifications of this uh, for a little while to come. Uh, Mm -hmm. I will say, um, shortly after news of this broke, I did see a really funny comment on YouTube from a guy that was like, oh man, it'd be really cool if Bungie could work on a reboot of Killzone or Resistance next. And, you know, first off, you know, light one candle for those two series. afraid that even if Sony bought every other studio in the world, I don't think they would revive either of them. I will say, though, I... (laughs) in a you know very kind of selfish way, I would be fascinated by the concept of a Killzone game made by Bungie, considering that Killzone was originally meant to be a Halo killer. Like, that's a... <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I don't feel like we've ever had a scenario exactly like that in the history of the entire industry, and it probably will not happen in this case either. But, hey, it's a possibility now.
1: Let's see mm-hmm. it happen.
0: Just on that token, I actually... W- don't
1: hate kill zone i know a lot of people don't like kill zone um i have fond memories of kill zone 3 and Uh, i do too um especially because i use the move controllers with the sharpshooter Uh, Mm. and it was a lot of fun even the multiplayer was good i enjoyed playing the multiplayer Um, they did a lot of cool things with it um but i just don't think it had the cachet to ever be like that top tier shooter there was too much preventing it from like too much preventing that from happening so, sorry. Mind under- yeah. so I actually wouldn't mind seeing that happen. Uh but you never know. AJ, what about you?
0: Uh or wait, we already talked about your final thoughts. Optimist. Yeah, we
2: talked to Optimist. Yeah.
0: I mean, we can just yeah. keep cycling through the three of us asking what our final thoughts are and we can always give a different response each time.
2: These are the thoughts that never <laughs>
0: <end>. <laughs> We can we can keep this podcast going forever if you want. I feel like I have to ask more people what their
1: final thoughts are, but there's only the two of you guys. So my apologies. Um, Yeah, I think this is a wait and see uh, for me. I think this is a good move for Sony. I like the fact that they're staying multi-platform. At this point, I don't care. I'm platform agnostic. I uh, definitely now own an Xbox and have put a significant portion of time into that Xbox. So um, it doesn't matter to me, but I think um, really... We need to, because a lot of these acquisitions turn into console wars about which system is better, and we need to start getting away from that and stop focusing on what console is better or fighting about it and just figuring out where to play cool games. So, uh, yeah. All right. It's, well, it's called what, Game Pass. On Game Pass. That's where. Yeah. Uh, I do enjoy Game Pass, uh, which reminds me, uh, I, I'm going to try this at. Uh, because I'm paying what 19 bucks a month in, with tax for my game pass subscription.
2: Yeah. Um, something
1: Like that. Costco has a three month card for $45. Whoa. So yeah. I think I figured out you could save like 60 bucks a year. By getting it. a few cards. So
2: that's, that's a game a year that you're saving. Yeah. On top of just having access to everything.
1: Yep. <laughs> so. Uh, so, yeah, so that being said, let's wrap up the show. So, just a few quick reminders I'll be doing Rank the Fatalities with Mortal Kombat tomorrow. So, please tune in for that. Love to hear your ratings as I figure out what type of rating system I'm using. Um, I'm thinking I might do um, rating systems with the existing cast of Press YYZ, like three cozies out of four AJs. Mm mm-hmm. hmm. I don't know how that would work or how we'd uh, quantify that, but I think it could be fun. Um, and let me know what your thoughts are on the fatalities. I think some will be, re- they're all going to be really gruesome, but like, what do you like? What don't you like? Um, and then Cozy, you're going to be playing wind, uh, it's Windjammers, Windjammers 2 on
0: Monday, correct? Yep. That's yep. the intention. Yeah. Uh, so. Anybody here on this podcast or who normally would be on this podcast but is not here at the moment or anybody currently listening that wants to participate is free to reach out and we can whim jam together. All right. And, um, so
1: yeah, so let's wrap it up then. So thanks for tuning in to press YYZ. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please be sure to follow us on Twitch, subscribe to us on YouTube and rate and review us on Apple podcasts and Spotify. That's right. You can go to Spotify and actually rate the uh, podcast as well. So for all you Android people who have been out in the dark and not being able to review podcasts because you don't have Apple, you now have an option and you can do it on Spotify. Um, You can also check us out on uh, Twitter at PressYYZ and slide into our Discord at invite.gg pressYYZ to keep the conversation going. We have a great group. Um, I don't think we had much going on for the state of play that happened today uh, for GT. But we try to get into voice chats and stuff when there's cool events and stuff going on if we're not reacting to it. So there is definitely a bit of a community. We'd love to have you come join us. Um, Until next time, thanks for playing, guys. Have a great night.